Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and subscriber of Small Businessman, Ma- <laughs> Small Businessman Magazine, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James. I'll be playing Catherine Zeta-Jones. And with us as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex. What is it like to close a really big sale? Think of the best orgasm you ever had in your life and divide it in half. Is that good? <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week we'll be discussing the episode, The Client, uh, and getting into the Superfan episode, of course, uh, a cut from Peacock, of course. Uh, and then we'll finish up with The Conference Room, uh, where we'll, uh, we've got a lot of listener feedback uh, about our last episode about Talking Heads. Uh, and who knows, maybe we'll do something else after that if there's time. Uh, but um, before we get started, uh, Alex, do we have any uh, housekeeping? Well, th- this 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 episode, obviously, uh, uh, we're pull- we wanted to do an episode from season two, but of course, we let that be voted on by our Scott's Tots over on Patreon. The the wind under our wings here at the Michael Scott Podcast Company. They voted uh, on this episode. We asked them which season two episode should we cover next, and they came out in in droves for this one. I'm just. So the client, which is what we're talking about today, won by far. Yep. But out of these three episodes, performance review, the secret, and Michael's birthday. What do you think was second place? Michael's birthday. Correct. Think, Good job. Yeah. I, I I only guessed that because just the fact that you asked the question, I I figured it'd be like an episode that I don't think about as yeah. much. Michael's birthday. That's a that's a classic. Michael's birthday. I don't think of, I forget about it all the time. We should just like them at the ice rink. So and... does Toby. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> we should have done that in mid March. Was a, that was a whiff. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's when Michael Scott's birthday. I guess next March. Next then. March. Um, if 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 uh, if civilization is still us. standing, yeah, stay with us. If the internet <laughs> still exists, next March. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's just a plug for me to say. Join the join Scott's Tots, dude. Get on board. Right, five dollars a month. Get your ad free right. episodes. Our exclusive. Exclusive monthly mailbag hangout episodes, uh, bonus content, old draft episodes. Uh, you get to vote on stuff, uh, and we're starting 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 the works of getting a Discord going uh, for our tots as well. That's right. That's our first announcement or the to first either uh, further first mention. Yeah, if you want to hang out with us more, if you want to chat, send silly gifts to each other, uh, it's going to be there. So <laughs> yeah, get ready, get ready. So many great office gifts. I'm excited about that. Well, let's get into... Yeah, it might be the most fertile GIF keyboard of, of any TV show out there. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into our main topic for today. It's the client, of course. Edwin, why are we talking about this episode? Why did everyone want us to talk about this episode yeah. today? I think as an episode that comes early in season two, we get... Uh, one of the first instances of real plot development, which is uh, within these characters' arcs, which is Michael and Jan, uh, 
kind of kissing and and, and hooking up a little bit at <laughs> the of end kissing. of uh, oh boy yeah well at the end of the episode <laughs> yeah. um well they talked and they fell asleep in the same bed they talked for about five <laughs> hours <laughs> yeah so. yeah um so you do get that bit of forward momentum with Michael and Jan. That's the big sort of inciting incident within within their relationship. The, the catalyst. And at that point in the series, we haven't seen too many of those moments yet. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a big development on that front. We also get to see uh, Threat Level Midnight. Yeah, that's uh, right. A seed, a seed planted. A table that, read. Uh, that grows <laughs> for, for the next five seasons and sprouts, or six seasons rather. And, uh, no, five, and then sprouts in season seven. We also get the guest appearance of Tim Meadows. Yes. Dwight as... Dwight, uh, Dwight as my uh, as uh, Michael Scarn um, until he d- discovers the Dwight, uh, and it's just it's just a really funny One episode, really really great. Dwight early in season two. Yeah, uh, that's right. Season two, episode seven. Uh, this episode was written by Paul Lieberstein and directed by Greg Daniels, uh, and it aired on November eighth in two thousand five. Um, uh, Alex, you always say Paul Lieberstein's your favorite writer. Is this one of your favorite episodes, or I don't? Oh, I love this episode. Uh, and and as you know, I I save the extended cuts to watch them until we talk about it. Um, so I hadn't I had not seen the extended cut of the client. Uh, and boy, oh boy, was it exciting! It's still it's man, rich. just <laughs> it's just worth it. Getting that jolt of like a new scene, you know, I perk up. Um, and I watched this one with my wife, who doesn't really watch The Office at all. I mean, she does, but not a lot. And even she was picking up. She was like, wait, I don't, I haven't seen this part before. And I was like, <laughs> baby, me neither. Uh, and so we bonded. You know, it was nice. Um, no, uh, I bonded with <laughs> no, my wife, finally. <laughs> there is a lot of, uh, there is a lot of uh, great extra uh, content in this super fan episode. I mean, there's a few minutes of deleted scenes even before we get to the cold open. I think the cold open of this episode is the jeans, right? It is, yeah. Yes, so, of course. so how what what do we see all before that in this super fan episode? Quite a lot. Uh, Michael uh, receives a, a mini putting uh, set. Yeah, it's a little putting cup that returns the ball when you make it. So we get a whole scene. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, obviously I'm in heaven. The first thing I see is golf for like, let's go. Uh, yeah. I'm into this episode again. And then we get Michael using a melon baller on a, on a hard boiled egg. Uh, <laughs> that was... We get we get an origin story of the world's best boss mug in a way. Like not well, really, but he's got yeah. extras on deck. Uh, yeah, There's all this... sorts of stuff. There's this great delete. Yeah, p- part of them playing uh, golf. Uh, they uh, Dwight at one point wants to use the best boss mug uh, as a as a like an obstacle kind of as an obstacle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then after putting it back on the desk, Michael accidentally knocks it over with the golf club, blames it on Dwight. Dwight says, uh, "Should I clear out my desk?" And Michael just like I feel like never even breaking eye contact no. just pulls a box no. out of his desk, opens it up. That won't be necessary. Calmly, the... calmly unboxes another world's best boss mark. You have to imagine Michael's broken so many oh, over the years. Yeah. Um, the one of the interesting things about this particular super fan cut is that it adds so much er- to the early part of the episode. Um, and one thing that I appreciated about this one is that it just adds a lot of color in terms of extra detail to scenes, scenes that you can visibly see where they had to make the cuts uh, to fit mm. them into the actual episode that aired. Um, 
back in 2005. Um, it's it's super interesting to see how strategic they get with how to make the the, the edits in order to make the the story still come together. Yeah, yeah. You you, you you see 20 to 30 seconds before the cut we're used to, um, which mm -hmm. is cool. And I that really quick though before we move from that scene when Michael's putting, uh, <laughs> absolutely hilarious line we need to talk about, which is him Michael about to take the putt and going. Uh, Jack Nicholson butting for par and then behind him is Dwight and he goes Jack Nicholas correcting Michael on the name of the golfer <laughs> my, my, Michael's just, before he's annoyed and then he goes it's a celebrity tournament and then he take, <laughs> takes the shot amazing incredible writing good great job all around uh loved it uh yes I mean Edwin uh <clears throat> yes Sean <laughs> oh boy i lost my train of thought here um <laughs> i i, I really one thing that i wanted to mention <laughs> is <laughs> is the scene that we do get of michael eating the egg yolk with yes. the melon baller yeah and so that's the thing that's kind of alluded to in a handful of different episodes i think it's dr friendly's egg yolk diet correct um and it's in a deleted scene um that like i think initially aired as a blooper because that's the first mention that i think we see of yeah at least the first mention that i remember seeing it's michael trying to explain to pam um and and it's available on, on uh, officequotes.net you can read the full yeah the full like excerpt of it but we see that we get that little scene that doesn't really make any sense the the episode that's on peacock gives no additional context um but it's all about eating egg yolks and then <laughs> in Going back to our Ryan and Kelly episode, in the super fan cut of Benihana Christmas where Ryan and Kelly hook up in the dumpster, there's a line where they talk about why are there all these egg yolks in here, and or why are there all these hard-boiled eggs in yeah. here, and Ryan says, he, Michael was on this egg yolk diet. He's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then later in the episode, too, we see him you know, clearing the fridge out of all carbs. Yeah. Uh, to, so it's like, I guess that's an undercurrent in this one. It's like Michael's you know, trying to trying to get cut you know uh, it's similar to like when he the the other deleted scene where he talks about making his own salad dressing and selling it at farmer's markets for his life yeah, loss yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh edwin I, I my my question came back to me i guess yeah, this is not even really a, a this is like a quarter baked idea here that i've just come up with but or, but like Let's say we do you know <laughs> that that all these deleted scenes like so many of them are just like the first 30 seconds of a scene like, I mean, isn't that something that like you we learn in like in writing or something that you if you write your intro, like the last few sentences of that intro is probably like your best intro. I, I don't know. It's it it, it um, while I definitely miss all the comedy of these extra bits in the beginning, it seems like, you know, once they get to the edit editing room, they're like, we don't need Michael walking up to the desk and saying hello to Pam. We can get right into mm -hmm. it yeah it's interesting how they are able to kind of continue to tell the story in such a like tight way um without keeping some of that uh that additional writing or that extra space in the scenes i think that's one of the that's one of the things that you kind of see with these extended cuts they don't actually affect the story that much um except when certain times when a joke or, or a scene is kind of mentioned several times and they have to cut every reference out for it, the the story to still make sense mm -hmm. um there is a term I think called shoe leather in uh, in writing, which is 
uh, unnecessary information in your scenes. Yes. And sometimes that does come out a little bit in these deleted scenes. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, lends them to being left on the cutting room floor a little more. Shoe leather. Nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So, I mean, I just kind of want to talk about maybe like just th this episode in general, too. I, I, I feel like this is, I, I love this episode so much. It really stands out as a, as a really, um, it stands out as unique. I don't know if it's maybe just seeing like Steve Carell and and or I'm gonna say it probably is just seeing Steve Carell and Tim Meadows bounce off each other. I mean, uh, he, like Tim Meadows, you know, especially at the time back in you know uh, when this 2006, mm -hmm. 2005, 2006. I mean, he was he's such a big star and like having a comedy talent of his caliber you know, in this role so early on, SNL. it is, it is pretty significant when you, I mean, I mean, there's no shortage of good single episode comedy stars. You know, I'm thinking, you know, Rob Riggle shows up in booze cruise. Uh, you get uh, Harry Jenerone, you know, later, like there's a lot of, you know, you get a lot of single episode uh, stars, but um, I mean, Tim Meadows, it's, it's not only is he the first big name person that comes in like that. He's the first person who's like, Oh, hey, there's other Michael Scotts in the universe. There's other Michael Scotts out in the world. And it just so happens that this meeting is between two Michael Scott types who have the same sense of humor. They appreciate the same <laughs> things uh, to the point that it's it's just absolutely astounding Jan of like she, she the whole episode. Jan is just picking up the pieces of what what happened to her plan to get this sale. And yet it somehow works out. We'll get to it. But Jan is bewildered this whole time. I like that we get a lot more in the deleted scenes. We get a lot more of Jan really emphasizing how important this is to Michael, like yes. just over and over and over again. And she's like reviewing all these graphs yes. and, and presentation documents and stuff like that. The so fact that she's that on a sales really, call is huge. Yeah, that, that really adds to her being so uh, shocked by, by Michael in the end because – you really get the sense that it's like, oh, Jan is like really worried about this. Like, yeah. she is like maybe not. She's totally stressing. So, yeah. and and to for her to just realize that, oh my god, I can sit back and just watch this deal get done. Like, it's, it is I like mean, she, why you would bring the regional manager. Like, if Jan is going on a sales call, that means it's very important to corporate that they wouldn't trust just Michael to go do it, and yet. Mm -hmm. It's mainly just Michael, and I'm, uh, he's not supposed to. Jan's like, "Don't talk," and all Michael does is talk. Uh, and yeah, she's she's clearly like, "This is a safety. This is like a rope we need to grab up there to get to get all this business." And Michael's just digging a hole, digging a hole, digging a hole, and she is just like, "No, no, no!" And then suddenly, Michael keeps digging. He's like, "Look, I found a hatch door that goes to the same place you want to go." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that." Uh, <laughs> but the way that plays out takes so much. It, this 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 whole arc evolves so well scene by scene where it does start and you're like yeah. oh it's Tibetos, but he's a pretty buttoned up county finance guy just like it's gonna be a normal meeting michael's gonna make an ass of himself and then just little by little michael starts to like do these little things that he starts responding to and they start vibing to the point where jan is suddenly the the a third wheel on this like date between these two guys mm -hmm. and watching that develop is is just hilarious I think too this this uh Sean you mentioned like why is this episode so unique and I think one of the reasons is that uh in addition to the the cameo or the guest star from Tim Meadows is that we get to see Michael succeed 
in yes. being a good salesman for one of the first times in the show. Um, Maybe the first time. Yeah, I think it, yeah. it might be the first time. Yeah. I mean, early on, Michael is portrayed as so, um, you know, I mean, what's the first thing he does in the pilot? He tries to help Jim with his sales call and like it doesn't like yeah. the, it doesn't the work library out. or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You exactly. are a gentleman and a scholar. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, oh, I'm the, sorry. <laughs> that was a woman. Yeah. Um, so to see him actually make the sale and do so in a way that like shows a lot of competency and like a long sales approach, one that involves like building a relationship with the, Mm -hmm. with their client, um, is really, really different, uh, in the tone of the show. We get to go back to Chili's after, uh, after the Dundies Mm -hmm. and, uh, we, we just get to see Michael kind of succeed in a certain way. And then one of my favorite moments in the entire episode is the way that when Michael is finally closing the sale, he says, corporate's going to go ballistic. What do you think, Jan? And Jan just smiles. Like that. that we that, get to see a, like an actual on smile top. from Jan. Yeah. <laughs> and she, and like, she is corporate. But like, yeah, it, it just works. Uh, like, it, yeah. not only did you make the deal, like, he's asking. Like, yeah, that's, it's, it's great. He's, well, he's coming to us like, hey, let's, let's, yeah. can you meet us halfway? Mm-hmm. And it's funny too in the in the super fan cut what you get is a lot more to those scenes where they're interacting where they're where they eating actually eating the awesome blossom. Um, Michael is going to try to order some El Nino margaritas. And uh, <laughs> do you like El Nino margaritas? <laughs> no, I, Michael, I love El Nino margaritas. And they high five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's awesome! Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Extra so much awesome. of that. <laughs> so much of those chili scenes are totally improvised. Oh, I'm sh- great bloopers. And, well, another thing that happens is that the there's a moment where Jan in the in the super fan cut where Jan is trying to move the meeting along, and Tim Meadows is talking. He says, um, "We're talking about divorce." You, yeah, he says, "Are you upset?" And he and he starts to veer into that. And like, on one hand, it's kind of funny that he he goes into it so. Um, with like, so he goes into his own personal background so quickly. But on the other hand, it actually kind of stands out as a as a nice or a welcome moment because Jan is trying to move the meeting along the entire time, and he kind of takes a second to be like, "Just relax. We can, yeah. you know, talk about something." <laughs> Michael's um, trying to slow the meeting down, yeah, and come in from the side, and she's just upset, like, Jan? "Let's get right to it," yeah, because uh, that's probably what she's accustomed to in, in New York a lot of the time. And this, it's like, yeah, Michael does really. You see, like like you mentioned him succeeding and this is important early on in season two where they've reset the show there's they've they've reset the color palette they've reset michael scott and early early on in season two they need to establish hey michael scott is actually good at his job that's why he's here like it Mm -hmm. sort of takes care of that problem the audience might have which is this guy's a buffoon there's no way he's a manager of this he would keep this job but then you see you know michael like has this weird soft sell when he gets the right person and he clicks with them, um, he can really make it happen. Um, even though I'm sure Jan probably would have also gotten it done. I have no doubt that she could have also gotten the deal done. Michael's just took a lot more drinks and a lot more apps uh, and ribs uh, to get there. <laughs> I think, too, that I'm actually surprised that Jan doesn't really approve of Michael's approach more, more, um, more at all because – in order to actually make a sale, the, what's the one thing that they always talk about? Their service. She even says, Dunner Mifflin could provide a level of service to the county that the corporate warehouse chains can't. That's like the one <laughs> thing that we hear. <laughs> oh, it's a good signal. I Perfect. should. Uh, I, it green means I should go ahead and stop talking about it. 
Um, but that that's a that's a whole part of providing personal services, having relationships with the with your clients and the yeah. and the people that you work with. So like, it's funny that she wants to cut right to the bottom line. Um, yeah. Because Maybe if you do that, you're going to lose every single time. I mean that that speaks to Jan's character. I think that what you're touching on like a really subtle cue that the writers are giving us that yeah she um, is is a student of this uh, like yeah she's more of like a student of this way of doing business whereas Michael is is the master um, so and uh, the sensei and, yeah yeah mm -hmm. so so Jan is taking notes in meetings and picking up buzzwords and things like that but she doesn't really get it and she um and uh and she gets to see it in action in this in this episode on yep. their Mendes grant and jan <laughs> yeah on their drive yeah, on their drive to chili's i mean she's tuning michael out because she's just going through her forms and she's going through the numbers and she's trying to get it all in her head and and michael's like you're gonna get car sick you know you keep keep reading all that uh and he michael's totally relaxed just like Let's play mm -hmm. it out, and Jan's laser focused. Um, and it, and this leads to a, a masterstroke of writing in this episode, which is when they first go in and they meet Christian. Oh, hello, and they shake hands. Jan Levinson, Ghoul, just Jan Levinson. You get this moment where Michael's learning a lot about <laughs> Jan's life as they're walking to their table, and there's no time. Like the Michael picks the worst time to be like, "On oh, what happened? We got? To, are you kidding me? Do you want to talk about it?" She's like, "Michael, we have a meeting." Uh -huh. And she's just trying to get to the table, and he's really and he does the spin move to the camera. I, we didn't bring this up in the documentary episode, but it is a great documentary moment. And he just goes, "Wow!" At behind, and he does the turn as they go to the yeah. table, um, and it sets up so much for this episode because, like, it leads to them talking about divorces and having two rooms and their parents and not getting along. And I thought he changed you his mind. You slit your wrist. You <laughs> World, this is my blood. It's red, just like yours. So love me. God, I love that line. I mean, it, it just all works. It's, it's nothing is wasted. You know, that's the sign of very good writing. And when you see these extended cuts, you see what they cut doesn't matter. Cause actually, there's no wasted dialogue, you know, if, if, if it's really done well. And even that little way he introduces her, they use just that introduction to open this door to all this stuff that, that eventually leads to them being OK that they're kissing. And like, obviously, maybe maybe Jan just after a divorce would want just to make out with someone. Uh, and it just happens to be Michael, which leads to, you know, dinner party eventually. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing's wasted here. I think, too, in terms of seeing... There's like a novelty factor in this episode. Michael actually making a sale. And then Michael and Jan celebrating together yes. is such a different thing for us to see as viewers. And then obviously them making out. But then following into the next, moving into the next day, um, we get to see Michael act as if he's already in a relationship um, before he's struck oh. down by Jan. Oh. Just the way that he, the, the way that he talks to the camera, the way that he talks to Dwight, um, followed by... The phone call that he has with Jan where he hides under his desk, just night and day, the I, way that Michael has to navigate all these situations. We're going to get to talking heads we missed in the conference room, but there's several in this episode. One of them being the one that starts with Michael talking and then gets the call from Jan, hey, and then eventually gets under the desk. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> Another yeah. moment where the documentary crew is very visible because you see them like stand up from the chair and go behind yeah. the desk and get in his face. Uh, there's, a, there's also the moment where they follow... 
uh, I'm moving away, not not to really move away from Michael and Jan, but th- as far as documentary moments go, when they open the door and they see Dwight sleeping with a space blanket. Oh, yeah. And mm. they follow him to the window. Just yeah. the way the camera works and follows, mm-hmm. it shows that over-the-shoulder view, the way Dwight turns back and stares <laughs> at the camera. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, we should get to the talking heads or Michael uh, recapping the events of the night before. Yeah. Which, by the way, another one uh, f- that I'll say now so I don't have to say it later is is this. He has a similar talking head in Back from Vacation. It's the one oh, where yeah. he goes, sex. I had sex. <laughs> I had sex with Jan. Jan and I had sex. <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't draft that one, uh, but that, we'll get to that later. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, he does the same thing in this. He does the same thing. Uh, Gentlemen, yeah, no, nope, uh, don't kiss and tell. And neither do I. No, seriously, guys, I'm not. I don't want to go into it at all. It's okay. off limits. Camera's pan- fine. Camera's panning in the whole time. <laughs> yeah, fine. I took her back to her hotel. We made out for a little while. It was great. I mean, she told me about her divorce. We talked for five hours. She fell asleep in my arm. So. <laughs> and they'd write to Dwight being like, did you do her? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, You know, I was talking about this episode with Ryan beforehand. And- right on. We were like, why does why does uh, <laughs> Dwight why is Dwight like spending the night waiting or like at the office? Is it because he got drunk when they were lighting fireworks? Him and Kevin were lighting off fireworks. Uh, but uh, but no, it, another great scene that I love in this episode is when Michael is telling everyone like, oh, you know, we're not going to come back tonight, so just you know, finish up and leave whenever. And Jan's like. Do you always just send your employees home when you leave the office (laughs) for an hour? All right, everybody, this is what we're going to (laughs) do. Well, that's the thing. He asked them to sit tight until I return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, That's right. And I never, yeah, I never remember that that's why (laughs) Dwight's followed that order. Yeah, of course. That's an order. Follow it blindly. Yep. You could also see Dwight as being very protective and not realizing that Michael hasn't come back for his car yet and being mm-hmm. worried about... Oh, I guess he took his car, didn't he? Sorry. Uh, yeah. But he just never comes back to the But he would notice that Jan hasn't. And Jan him. takes a taxi back to Dunder Mifflin to get her car, mm-hmm. uh, gets a glare from Angela um, <laughs> in the parking lot, and then sees the camera up in the window as well. Uh, <laughs> so already Jan... And then, you know, which leads to her calling Michael because she's just like, all right, well, this is already screwed because now one of his employees has seen me coming back to my car as did this camera crew that Michael signed on. Um, so she's trying to get out ahead of it already and probably already really regrets it, uh, but not Michael. So this, this, yeah, like you said early on, like this is a whole new branch of the office plot grows from this episode. <laughs> it, it emerges here of the Michael and Jan story. And Michael just being so his imagination runs <laughs> runs amok with uh with with all of his sort of ideas. I mean, like on one hand, I mean, I cringe really hard when uh, Michael starts describing Jan as a woman, and she's a woman, and he gives that whole speech about defending her honor. Um, but then he then he says like not that much Jan later on. I know we have to register as a consensual sexual relationship with HR. My question, do I do it as the man? Does she do it as my superior? I don't know. That leads to other issues we may have in our relationship. And then right from there, Jan right. calls, and it all unravels. <laughs> yeah, Michael, you do have a tendency to blow things out of proportion. <laughs> yeah. Michael, your memory has failed you greatly. <laughs> that's, that's the best one. 
Hi. You remember good me? Good delivery. Michael? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this uh, the whole... I, I mean, big shout out to Tim Meadows. Dude, doing great work in this episode. Um, his character, Christian. Hilarious. Uh, I, I just love how much they vibe. <laughs> just like... Uh, the I oh I really love the subtlety of they could have just kept their whole scene at the same table but the move to the bar tables when they're having beers after they yeah, finish the meal to close the deal yeah it just shows you where the night's gone without having to tell you like it just is like yeah obviously the two of them are like yeah let's get one more beer and they go to the, like after they yeah. close their their tab and they're on their way out or whatever. And Michael Maybe they or hit Christian's the like, for a second. Yeah, like, want to get a beer? Sure. And and Jan's just like, oh, my God, no. I mean, she's checked out when she's at that bar table. And that's where the deal actually gets done is not not even at dinner. Um, that's right. And as Jan yeah, says, I think we would all, you know, be disappointed in ourselves if we didn't talk about business at some point here, gentlemen. And they're both sort of like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And that's kind of when Michael's like, bip, bip, bip. You, want some, you want some ribs? Written down, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like it's just it just play it just feels like it very natural between those two of those guys who really start this kind of bro down without Jan. <laughs> um, that that leads to them having this, this like yeah very vulnerable talk about divorce and in the extended scenes you know hearing Christian be like yeah I had two rooms it was kind of cool like my dad's my dad's house was my fort and my mom's was like home base and Michael's like did you have bunk beds. <laughs> And he's just like, no. <laughs> Michael talks about still wanting bunk beds, yeah, which is funny because of the way he talks about the loft during the Michael Scott paper couple. Oh, yeah. Or just do the loft. Um, <laughs> I think, too, with uh, with this with this interaction um, with Christian, like Tube we City. see Michael's only one. <laughs> we see Michael's calls a lot of times with clients and he's acting so casually, mm-hmm. you know, hey, 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 the cause um, and or a. Uh, or in business ethics, when uh, Bruce from Hammer Mill, Bruce, like Michael, Michael has all these sort of relationships that maybe like they seem like he's not taking them seriously or that he's uh, dismissive, but maybe they're actually these all, all established and forged over awesome blossoms. Yeah, and El Nino margaritas. I think too. Speaking of great performances, I think we talked about Laura Hardin's overall performance as Jam, but I think in this episode, um, she really does a great job. We already, I already mentioned that moment where she smiles, but like that moment where she smiles just looks like you're seeing a totally different side of that character, yeah. and that person. Like we it's, don't, it's, we it's don't see that Jan amazing. again until Astard is in the picture. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. like I mean, that's another thing. I mean, you just get the sense that it's like she's been going through the this divorce, uh, which you know she kind of tries to brush off that she's not focused on it but then we learn of course that she stayed up all night talking to michael about it and she seems super stressed about work of course she has to manage michael scott that's a a very difficult thing you just get the sense that maybe this is you know just like kevin malone like it's nice to win one yeah (laughs) yeah um one last thing from this part of the episode Mm -hmm. uh i i have another forget about the teapot letter give me this thing uh, which is we see the scene when Pam when Michael calls Pam to find a good joke to tell Christian, yeah. and we see them waiting yes. at the table, and it still feels like oh my god, Michael is creating a dumpster fire here. Uh, <laughs> it's before we see the brown probe joke that it it's effectually gets Michael <laughs> in the door with Christian, but uh, but he, we never see this joke finished. Uh, which is which he's 
he has Pam uh, reading jokes out of the book and says, okay, there's a transcript between a naval ship. Oh, yes, yes, bingo, and a lighthouse. Yes, that is hysterical. Could you start the one from the beginning? Sure. There's a transcript between a naval ship and a lighthouse, and it cuts. So, yeah, forget the teapot letter. Give me the finish of that joke. I probably I had, could Google it. I have never tried. Well... Uh, of course, we would. We gotta talk about the other yes. uh, thing that happens in this episode, which is threat level midnight. I mean, just in general, so nice to see the ensemble hanging out like this. I mean, I guess uh, Office Olympics has already happened. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but it's it's. I think now we're kind of starting to realize. Oh, cool! This is going to be part of the show. Like the ensemble all hanging out, these characters are gonna are are gonna start to come out. Well, that's part of I think, uh, especially early on in the office, that is kind of replicating the experience of working in an office, which is just you spend so much time with these people that a lot of times when you're in, you know, a conference room, yeah, late into the evening, you you find out different things about people that you may not have ever known or ever expected. Um, so it's funny to see Phyllis sit down and say, that's the character's name. We're talking about Catherine Zeta Jones mm-hmm. or, um, or Oscar saying, Oh yeah, now it doesn't make sense near the end mm-hmm. of the table read. So we just get to see that little bit of color from everyone. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Pam makes the basic discovery of the screenplay that Michael keeps in his desk. There are a lot of things that Michael keeps in his desk, that screenplay, all the letters cut out for magazines, the loaded handgun, <laughs> extra world's best boss mug. Yeah, yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's no end uh, to what, to what <laughs> is stored in that gun. desk. I keep a, yeah, a loaded gun in my desk. Gun in my desk. Keep a gun really? in your desk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just fun to see them interact. It's fun to see. This is kind of that era of the show where you get to see Jim kind of uh, excited because earlier in the show he talks about if they get this, this, this uh, sale with the county, he could work here for years. They might be able to avoid years. downsizing. That's and right. then years. we get to see. Uh, you know, one of those moments that Pam describes is when he's engaged. Uh, every, he's having a lot of fun. Everyone mm-hmm. is on board, except that he works here. So that very rarely happens. Um, so we get to see him conducting traffic and directing the scenes uh, within Threat Level Midnight. Dwight, you know, I, would you like to play the lead role of Michael Scar? <laughs> and, <I, laughs> and I don't want to breeze past to what kind of happens before this. They're talking about worst first first worst first dates mm. in the office. Um uh, supposedly, Oscar's telling a story of uh, his worst first date, which is somebody uh, did a background check on him and is reading off of it questions, which is supposedly a real date that Greg Daniels went oh. on. Um, <laughs> and Oscar, but, Oscar dating, uh, still dating women uh, from when this story is. Yeah, so yeah. or perhaps he's just changing the pronouns changing, yeah, in, yeah, order okay. the, in order to... Uh, but, um, but then we get Pam... Uh, describing her first date, which was, was he brought his brother. We went to a hockey game. I went to the bathroom, and the game ended, and they left without me. <laughs> and uh, Ryan brought this up, too. We just did our Kelly episode. This is kind of like Kelly pre-Kelly. Like, she doesn't have this really high voice, and she's like, oh, my God, say it's not Roy. Tell me it's not your fiance." <laughs> yeah wait not Roy yeah see I mean season two Kelly and season two Kevin both much lower voices than the rest of the show because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like Kevin is really like down here like Catherine mm-hmm. Zeta Jones she's so hot <laughs> and if you had that talking head in season eight it'd be like Catherine Zeta Jones is so hot <laughs> <laughs> so different and That's yeah Ke- Kelly's true. the same way 
Yeah, this is another scene of the ensemble all hanging out together, and they could a lot of those lines could be interchangeable a little bit. Yeah, um, but it is nice to hear from Kelly just as part of as, uh, establishing the entire group. And that one, like, and, yeah, that lays that lays the groundwork for like what happens at the very end of the episode after you know, like Jim and Pam. Basically, uh, it is kind of this date that slowly happens. It's like a very slow burn date that happens throughout this episode, um, even while they're reading. That doing the table read and Roy comes upstairs to to grab Pam and go home or Pam and go home and she says I gotta stay and work late and he kind of looks around like you you gotta be kidding me like to do this yeah, really yeah. and we see uh you know we see him give the keys to her or vice versa one of the other ways around I don't know who eventually picks Pam up but um yeah she stays and so it's and once Roy's out of the picture, Jim's like, great, like I'm hanging out with Pam all night. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to figure out how to have a date while we're at the office with everyone here. And I mean, it, it you know, Jim loves a rooftop. <clears throat> and that's where it ends, you know? Yep. And Jim describes his worst first date, which was a lunch date just down the street at, uh, what's the name of the rest? Kajino's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and turned out she was in love with someone else. So we get that little uh, bit of history. Yeah. yeah, that's I mean, that is a deleted scene one that is like, yeah, added for the super fan cat. Yeah. But that is particularly kind of heart wrenching, you know, and it yeah. kind of um, comes out of nowhere. And you're, and it's like this really like, oh, my God, like uh, Anne was watching that, and, like almost teared up. It was just like, oh, my God, like, wow, <laughs> he's yeah, he's really in love and messed up about it. Like, man, this you really see like, dude, it's he's he's struggling here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's funny how this this storyline is kind of woven in with the threat level midnight table read. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, I guess we're just kind of talking about it now. We can go back to the table read in a minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. but um, I think it's it was it's interesting how in the beginning he he's so oh Pam yes this is great work and she's like excited about it and then near the end when they have their first date with Jim's famous grilled cheese sandwich up on the roof um, with Angela's tomato as he recaps it to Pam the next day, he says, you know, some might say that we had our first date. She's like, she's very, very skeptical. She's mm-hmm. like, uh, swing is not dancing. Like, it's funny how she kind of rebuffs him there. Yep. Um, and then, and then, uh, Jim has that kind of, a uh, kind of pointed line. At least it didn't leave you at hockey game. Right. Um, Ooh, yeah. Icy. I have some yeah. faxes to get out. Yeah. It's, it, it just like every, everything he built over the last 24 hours just comes crumbling down in a moment it's true don't call it a date when you know she's engaged she's not gonna she's not gonna be down with that no and he says that right after like that's how the original episode ends is i mean it's not really a date if the girl goes home to her fiance right yeah it's like yeah dude so uh careful but i think he's like you were wrong (laughs) i think at this point he's he's in his head he's like all right, so I've clearly established that I'm better than Roy to you, right? <laughs> like he's like, come on. <laughs> I would say too, like Pam is so shocked at the end of season two, uh, so shocked at in Casino Night at, at Jim's admission of love. Like this was a very clear. <laughs> yeah. Some could say that we had our first date is a very flirtatious thing yeah. to say to someone. Dude is I thirsty. Mean, there... There are a lot of moments. Well, maybe he didn't say that. Doesn't he doesn't verbalize it? But there are moments like that all through season two. He says to Michael, "I put it all on the line twice." Yeah, she rejected me. So, um, yeah. But then you get the moment between Michael and Jim where they kind of share the eye contact and they just kind of shrug at each other. A great little Uh, moment through through Michael's door. Yeah. 
and uh yeah it's just like it's a very uh very season two <laughs> jim and pam right there in a nutshell mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. and forth kind of hurting each other accidentally on purpose yeah. um it's a it, it's a great great element kind of baked in to what is like a funny and silly episode with like so many ups and downs in this episode totally um, so man for all the different characters but we should go back to the table read um, which is a consistent comedic uh, relief in this episode. Yeah, I, well, I'll say I got Dwight's. I, I'm on Dwight's side here. Uh, I know they got to do it for the show, but yeah, dick move, <laughs> Pam. Dick move, doing this, taking someone's creative work out of their desk and just mocking it with everyone else there. Tough. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's good. The the movie. I'm not saying Michael shouldn't be made fun of. I just mean, if anyone did that to you, you'd be like, you are a terrible person. Who who did this? You are terrible. Uh, I, How about the flip side of uh, Chad Flenderman, where Angela says no one wants to hear about your what sex craving, <laughs> sex craving black detective? <laughs> Much more honest I, with each other. Women chase him. <laughs> Alex, I would I I would agree with you normally, but we must remember just how awful Michael has been all through season one and up until this point. Yeah, uh, he fake fired Pam, made her cry. <laughs> oh yeah no no like i say crew. like i say just <laughs> just the principle of it i think uh the everything else about it yeah fair play be, based on yeah on how pam's been treated by michael sure but uh you know still yeah they, no uh, they're, take i mean the high road, we know, you know this well we've we've discussed before that jim and pam are mean are the mean kids in a way they can be you know yeah they, they, they can, can be. be they're capable they of it but this i mean if you did come across that script and the drawings, you, it, it, how could you not, honestly? Um, and, yeah. you know, she shows right away. She takes it over to Jim. You know, she, she's like, they are almost like, uh, you know, young kids on a date here or something. Where it's like, she just wants to go show Jim. Hey, look at this. And it's like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> we get a great, you know, uh, oh, there's drawings. You know, he <laughs> drops them down. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. There's also, um, it kind of reminds me of... Uh, in the merger, when uh, the all the Stanford employees are saying, is he always like this? And I think Phyllis says, sometimes he brings more costumes. So it's kind of <laughs> like them, like having this sort of, um, I don't even, I don't know what you'd call it, but just like a way for them to kind of uh, vent a little bit yeah. or uh, exercise the all the stuff that Michael puts on them. Like, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm, I'm just saying, I, you know, it's just like. It's the equivalent I, of Ryan saying. Show. It's the equivalent of Ryan saying, what's your deal, man? What's your deal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, we, we are a little limited on time tonight, so I just want to what, – what else do we want to say about this episode? Any other great moments that we, we can't leave unmentioned? I mean, just, just, uh, just the dwicked of it all to see how <laughs> Michael sees Dwight, uh, misspells his name. Um, the way that One the, the, single – Dwicked. The way the screenplay is written, like in Microsoft Word, yep. yeah, uh, with like Times New Roman font, like it's just funny to see. Um, yep. The dialogue that we hear is just so bad. It's so funny. Agent Michael Scarn, you lost some weight. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like, like it's so bad. Uh, yeah, J- Michael Scarn takes out a nine millimeter gun. Pow, pow, pow. Um, <laughs> Michael Agent Scarn, you so funny. Word. Uh, shout out to Dwight. Uh, playing Beauty the Mailman, that little talking head. Oh, yeah, great. I like that. Yep. Uh, I was Something good. that 
something that I've I've kind of noticed and observed, and, and a lot of this is come. Um, maybe it's not me noticing and observing it so much as it is Mike Sher and Greg Daniels talking about it. Is how much they love digging into Dwight's past. Yes, you know. So just mm-hmm. the more time you spend with those early seasons, the more you like see them having a lot of fun with. Uh, Dwight's sort of uh, what colonial almost yeah 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 uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, like the, the, the upper, Pennsylvania yeah, exactly Dutch, yeah. German <laughs> like the all of those funny details that uh, what he can bring in. What century is this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Proud of your one cousin. I have over seventy cousins, each one greater than the last. <laughs> You're about a third as beautiful and half her height. <laughs> She's one of the plain, hardy women of Scranton. <laughs> Uh, yes, the broad face of a brewer. I, yeah, that's, and and Dwight, you know, again, Dwight, Dwight taking taking the punch in the gut that that Michael, you know, named this buffoon of a character after him, and yet he still stays up with the space blanket waiting for Michael all night. Just one, just one episode after Dwight punches Michael in the gut in yeah. the fight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The injuries <laughs> before this one. Um, yeah, what an episode. They have it. The client, a classic. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll meet up in the conference room for for some uh, listener feedback on Talking Heads. Uh, is it a new, are we going to do a new segment within the conference room? Oh, yes. This is a new segment, <laughs> which will be revealed after this break. Nice job. You need to supercharge your hiring. Well, you need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you can pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com Scott. Offers good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash Scott. That's Indeed.com slash Scott. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant. Not available for all users. Need to hire? You need. Indeed. All right. Let's conference room it up. Uh, Before we get into our new segment within the conference room, uh, which we're calling Performance Review... Which we could have been, we could have been doing this since we started the show, which is yep. actually you know sharing all the feedback we get from listeners. Um, but this particular draft, the Talking Heads draft, brought out. I mean, we said send in your picks, and boy, we got flagellated by all you guys. Out there how many things we missed? Um, before I mean, we only had fifteen picks between the three of us. So. <laughs> and well, there are a lot of talking. Heads think about how so many, many Talking Heads ones. there are. Like to prep for it, so it was like many. I wasn't. I couldn't watch all nine seasons again. I couldn't see every a whole list. It's not a master list of every talking head. You got, you got to do what you can. Anyway. Um, Everyone came in hot, and, and we love it. Uh, <laughs> what do we got? I still feel, I still feel good about my draft. I still, I, still feel, I still feel good about it, too. Really quick, though, before we get to this, I did look up the lighthouse transcript call with the naval ship. 
nice. what that joke Michael was getting to. So this okay. isn't this is based on a real a real transcript of a radio conversation between a U.S. Navy ship and a lighthouse off the coast of Newfoundland in Canada. Uh, okay. And so I'm sure it's a jokier version than this, but it says this: the U.S. ship, please divert your course 0.5 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. Uh, and then all the U.S. ship knows is they're talking to Canadian authorities. They say you should re- you should divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. U.S. This is the captain of a U.S. Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. Canadian authority. I say divert your course. U.S. ship. This is an aircraft carrier. We are a large warship of the U.S. Navy. Divert your course now. Canada. This is a lighthouse. Your call. <laughs> so, Amazing. Some version of that Michael told. Anyway, sorry. I had to I had to resolve that uh, little Love thing that. I left dangling. So- Sweet 401. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly... Uh, it's like an itch. <laughs> okay, so let's start with uh, we'll start with our tots. Who uh, our Scott's tots get ad free episodes we posted on our Patreon, and then they often comment on the episodes because uh, it's a great community of people. So <laughs> here's what they said we missed. Uh, Jennifer says, "You guys, you missed you missed the Kelly talking head when she tells Ryan she's pregnant, and the talking head is just her shaking her head." That's a great a one. Moment. Love that. Um, and these are lots where I can't believe we didn't even honorable mention these. Um, uh, uh, Allison says, uh, uh, talking head from Dwight, they're making a, making me out to be a Bond villain. I like to think of myself <laughs> as a brilliant scientist who will stop at nothing to remake the world. Like, not Dr. Moreau, someone good. Dr. Frankenstein. Dr. Jekyll, not them. Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Moreau, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Benjamin shared the, another one from Dwight. Actually, I don't care for Meredith, but I don't believe in this type of thing. In the Schrute family, we believe in the five-fingered intervention. Awareness, education, control, acceptance, and punching. Fabulous. Um, oh, uh, Asha said, um, how do we, I don't know how we miss this one. Creed covered in blood. It's Halloween. It's good timing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ab- what about Creed? I, technically, it's a talking head. Qua, qua, qua. <laughs> yeah. That one's like hiding questions. behind the wall. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's hiding behind the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a. That's probably the only place that talking head is. Yeah. <laughs> I just really like stealing. The- a few people <laughs> sent in. Um, uh, the one of Ryan after Mrs. California, which says, nice to meet you, Brian. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> oh, yes. Here, I said that one. In. Um, Creed's final talking head being arrested by the FBI, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good one in the finale. There's mm-hmm. also the one from Creed at the beginning of the, from, from New Guys. The first episode of season nine, where he's like, a strong man wrestled a turtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a Dwight impersonator and a Jim uh-huh. impersonator. Yeah. Um, Harley sent in uh, a lot of jazz cats are blind, but they can company. play piano like nobody's business. Uh, uh, this person didn't leave. <laughs> this person didn't leave a na- name, but they just wrote, "I am the hundred seventh caller." Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I was never given a name. Uh, Nay said this one. Uh, this one from Andy. I don't know how I missed this one either. Did they do this for me? No. I did this for the little guy. Uh, the Joe yeah, Sixpack. Yeah. The guy who wakes up every morning in his $400 a month apartment. Wondering how he's going to pay his mortgage that month. <laughs> Wonders how he's going to fill his car up with oil. He's <laughs> just, just missing. Wonder how I'm going to pay my kids' orphanage bills. My kids' orphanage bills. That's, That's like, uh, one of the greatest little. That guy shouldn't writer. have to wonder. 
where he's going to park. And while he's doing that, all the construction vehicles are backing out of the parking lot, and Andy is standing in the parking lot doing the robot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very that's a very similar uh, feeling to when Andy's being going. How about now? Takes his cufflinks off. How about now? <laughs> I haven't had a very hard life. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, I feel sent- lacrimose. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jennifer sent one in that is. Uh, uh, Pam says that Kelly is trash talking when uh, Jim and Daryl are playing ping pong. Oh. There's a cut to Kelly who says, I don't talk trash. I talk smack. Mm-hmm. Trash talk is all hypothetical. Like, your mama is so fat, she ate the internet. While smack talk is all in the moment. Like, you're, you're ugly, and I got the evidence right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. That one's a really fun one. Uh, <laughs> season four, episode one. The other one that I oh sorry we also missed this one from Matt Matt Shed Matt Sheed aka the winner of our uh, MSPC Halloween contest. Uh, simple go. one from season six, the meeting. Just Dwight. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I hope your foot's feeling better. Yeah, shout out to Matt. Um, this is okay. So I already mentioned the one that I I actually would have drafted that I didn't, which was the sex. I had sex. <laughs> <laughs> I text with Jan. Um, that uh, that one just oh, makes me laugh so hard. Uh, I can't believe I missed that one. And then this other one, um, that's I, uh, someone who oh, uh, da, 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 Patty. Patty emailed this in. Uh, bros before hoes. Why? Because your bros are always there for you. They got your back. <laughs> uh, I mean, all leading. And then suddenly that's she's nice. not your hoe. No mo. <laughs> I can't. I'm so disappointed in myself for forgetting that one. Uh, Eric wrote in uh, uh, his personal favorite is uh, Creed. I've been involved in a number of cults. Oh. Follower and a leader. You have more fun as a follower, but you make more money as a leader. <laughs> oh I, I'd like uh, to say hi to my friends in China. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, he added, Sean, while I love the scuba quote, I believe that this mo- Creed moment reveals his full bizarreness and unpredictability, as well as yeah. the details of his rich criminal past and mm-hmm. present. A lot of Creed ones people sent in. I find it offensive. All natural, baby. That's how I like them. Yeah, Swing yeah. low, sweet chariots. <laughs> um, or this, something's up. That paper was never supposed to arrive. <laughs> 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 uh, and, <laughs> by the way, speaking of this... Uh, Miko on our Patreon post for this episode. <laughs> this is really good. This is really good. When uh, asked, when talking about who won the draft, said, um, have to give this one to Sean. He really found good value in the later rounds. Of course, having no interest in sports, this is all lost on him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You know, this, this one from David, in the job when Michael says, I'm back, mm. Kevin Nealon. <laughs> He's talking oh, yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this oh, is actually oh, this is not a talking head. Wait, this is, a this clarification. is not a talking head. This is oh, a clarification. Shoot. This is a clarification, but I guess yep. it goes with performance review, maybe. Uh, in in the job when Michael says I'm I'm Bach, Kevin Nealon. He's talking about Nealon's character from the Hans and Franz character from SNL. Oh, okay, they are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger weightlifter parodies. So Michael thinks he's doing a Kevin Nealon impression instead of just calling it an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Typical Michael. Thank you. Sorry, that was off topic, mm, man. Fine. Don sent one in. Uh, Aaron from Get the Girl. Look at this place. Five rooms, and I get to clean them all. That's right. I'm a maid for an old lady. Her grandson's <laughs> staying with us, too, because he ran out of money. <laughs> Listen to me bragging away. 
<laughs> oh, there's just oh, too many. Boy. There's just there's, too many. Uh, there's so many. Uh, that that was really fun. Uh, it's go through oh, those. So th- Angela's. That's how I sleep at night. <laughs> that's a good one. Head. That's good. That's <laughs> a very good one. Yeah. Um, Hate being titillated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to say thank you uh, that uh, we got a lot of emails on that one. So thank you. That is the best way to get a yeah. hold of us is, is to email us. That might have been the biggest email response to an episode we've had yet. Oh, my gosh. I want to. How many is it? It's like. It's incalculable. <laughs> I want to say it's like 30 emails came in in the we last. We have the technology. A <laughs> few days, which is pretty It's good insurmountable. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check the web. <laughs> Uh, well, you guys, I think that's all. World, this is my blood. It's red, just like yours. (laughs) So love me. Mm. (laughs) Wise, wise words. Uh, that's all we have time for today. The best way to get a hold of us, of course, is to email us mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. You can also call us, 503-694-9314. Guys, I think we've got a voicemail episode coming up. Oh, it's brewing. Been, it's brewing. Mm-hmm. We we like to do a quarterly voicemail episode, so uh, give us a call. Give us your hot takes. Uh, send us your we questions. <laughs> We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. we got a website, michaelscottpod.com, mspcstore.com, if you want to buy some merch, and join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Scott. Become a Scott's top five bucks a month, privileged, uh, <laughs> getting to uh, pick our topics for the main mm-hmm. feed episodes. You get ad free episodes. It's like you know, wrapping you yourself in a Burlington coat. You just you feel like a king. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and or like we putting donate... sugar in your diet coke. <laughs> Sweet <laughs> rush to the head. Yeah. We donate a portion of our funds to the Third Good Marshall College Fund. So special thanks to our Scott's Tots. Uh, we love you all so much. Thank you so much for supporting this show. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who does all of our artwork. I am uh, lonely, and I need a new Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this episode was recorded over video chat. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out while we uh, while we rehash an episode and the super fan cut of said episode. Um, but we just hang out and have a good time, talk about our favorite show. And thank you for sending in emails of uh, all of the talking heads. Uh, yeah. that we just get to kind of hang out and have a good time. Uh, it means the world to us that we get to do this every single week. Um, just kind of have fun, be friends on air. It's the, it's the greatest. So thank you for, uh, for allowing us to do that, really and truly. So take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the solid. Yes, yes sir. sir. Too loud, Michael. What? Too loud. I can't hear you over the music. All right, we're almost there. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.